0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says, promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, My co host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right
0: now on our podcast, Random X a Podcast on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more,
1: go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. everybody? Welcome to Prospects 101, brought to you by Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. And welcome to Recruiting Roundup. Recruiting Roundup is our weekly show that drops on Fridays, bringing you all the news and analysis from this past week of recruiting. You can follow and interact with us on all social media accounts at Prospects101pod.
0: And I'm excited because joining me today is Brandon Glesner. Hey, what's up, guys? Another great week in recruiting. A lot of news. I don't know why I said guy. I I I don't even know why I said guys, Kenny. Because it's just you and I. Is that where you going with this? I was I was just
1: going to say I'm also excited to to bring up the fact that we are not joined by Brandon Pastel. And I kid. I'm super bummed he's not with us. He's out having a good time, deep sea fishing. And I hope as we speak he's burnt to a crisp because I'm jealous I'm not there
0: with him. No doubt, man. I wish I was deep sea fishing. That sounds awesome. Uh, have you ever been? Uh, I've actually never been deep sea fishing. I've been, like, fishing in the Chesapeake, like, on a boat in there, but not, like, you know, out in the sea, like, catching big game or anything.
1: Okay, so I was talking to Pastel yesterday, and this might be – you know, this will fill in for his hot take because this is my personal hot take. Outside of deep-sea fishing, because I think deep-sea fishing looks tight. Like, it looks really cool. It looks fun. You're out there wrestling a big fish for, like, an hour trying to get it in the boat, and you've got you versus, like, massive 50, 60-pound fish you're trying to reel it in. And you're out in the elements. It's pretty cool. That looks tight, but dude, I think fishing as a whole is boring, and I
0: would rather do about 999 other things other than fish. That is so funny you say that because I agree 1,000. <laughs> I'm not a big. I'm not a guy who could just sit out there for hours with just the pole in the water. It's just it's not soothing to me. Dude, I don't even have fun doing. I like. I'm a very social person. I lo-
1: I'm an extreme extrovert. I don't even think it's that fun socially to do with friends. Like, I just think it's extremely boring. Like, we could be sitting there fishing and talking about college football, and I would probably just throw the rod down and just talk football with you rather than just
0: fish. I know. I'd rather just sit around and drink a beer in a bar. That sounds (laughs) way more relaxing. (laughs)
1: I agree, dude. And everybody who loves fishing right now is immediately turning us off. But I don't worry. That's that's our that's our only hot take for today. Like I said, I'm Kenny Keller, and I'm joined by Brandon Glessner, and we're here to talk some recruiting news. And man, let's hop straight into it because we got some big, big recruiting news the other day. And it actually came in the form of an announcement by Governor Northam here in Virginia. As you know, we're based here in Virginia, so Governor Northam had a press conference and he was talking about high school openings in in the state and. Starting to bring back high school sports and what the process was going to be like that. And why that's important is because the number seven overall recruit in the country and the top cornerback in the 2021 recruiting class is a guy by the name of Tony Grimes, who plays at Princess Anne right here in the state of Virginia, in Virginia Beach, in the Virginia Beach area. And he's on record of saying he only needs to finish one more class and he will be officially graduated from high school, and his dad is actually on record of saying that if there will not be high school football this year in the state of Virginia, he will take that class late summer, graduate, and reclassify as a 2020 recruit. So we could potentially have the number one cornerback in the 2021 class be a late signee in the 2020 class, that's very that's very very big news because there's a program who's gonna who could be hurting for defensive backs and get an immediate plug and play guy in Tony Grimes. Now, Gless, I want you to touch on this because you're actually involved in coaching and you have a lot of ties in the coaching community here in Virginia. What are your thoughts uh, of what Northam said, and does it look like we're gonna have a high school football
0: season in the state of Virginia? Yeah, I don't, I. I... The problem is nobody knows, right? And we're in the second week of June here, and before you know it, you're going to blink our eyes, and we're going to be in August. And I know a lot of the news that's coming out from a lot of meetings with coaches in the area and coaches around the state, and just some information just been just been given to me when when I ask those guys the same questions. Is I mean, right now, I mean, we're just entering it. So I'm in I'm in Richmond. We're right now just entering in phase two, right? So you know, they're talking about, all right, well, how do we work out our kids in phase two? Well, I mean, there's different proposals out there. There's proposals where if you're going to work out, it's going to be in, in different pods. So you have pods of like 10 to 15 kids and, you know, you have to do it at different times. You have to sanitize all your equipment. You can't use bags. You can't use anything like that. Mm -hmm. So unless there's substantial movement on if they can make football safe enough for these kids to play in, I don't think it's looking very good for the state of Virginia. I think think some other states are probably a little bit ahead, but I think the largest challenge is, okay, well not only are you getting large amounts of bodies in one area that could mm-hmm. p- potentially carry the virus, but then you know they're obviously involved with people at home and all of that. And then if the season does not start – then at what point do you have to move the season to later in the year? So some of the other proposals that have been out there is, okay, well, they're going to play all three high school sporting seasons in 2021. So, you know, one of the proposals had high school football actually starting in February and ending in April. And then, you know, basketball season would over overlap that. And then the spring season would also be pushed a little bit later. What makes the Grimes decision interesting is that I think sooner rather than later, we're going to figure out if this fall season is going to happen. Just because to get a football team ready to play, I mean, you're going to have to know in in late July and early August if Mm -hmm. there's going to be a season. Um, And as you mentioned, Kenny, I mean, the schools such as Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio State, Texas A&M appear to be the front runner for this kid. And what a shot in the arm would that be (laughs) to have the best – corner in the 2021 class actually come in last minute i'm not sure we've ever seen a a recruit or something like this has ever happened so set very interesting precedent the only the only guy i can remember in the last
1: couple years who's reclassified that was such a big name was jt daniels but jt daniels did it early in the recruiting process it wasn't last minute this is a very last minute obviously we talked we, we we hear the news that Colleges are starting to resume voluntary workouts, and it looks like college football is coming back and that they're actually going to play this year on time at that. At this point, for him to, I mean, even in June would be late. You're talking he's probably going to reclassify in July or August. Like that's when he's going to graduate because he's going to take this last course if he does do that. You're talking about a guy who's going to come in in August, be the top 2021 cornerback commit. Could you imagine if he goes to Georgia? Georgia already had the number one recruiting class next year. Could you imagine if they all of a sudden add the top cornerback to that class?
0: Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> that would be, I I really do not want him to go to North Carolina because, because that's just more competition for Wake. If he reclassifies, somebody's going to get a legit top five-star talent, top 10 recruit in the country, regardless of position is going to be joining the 2020 class at a very late time and could potentially make a very big impact on this season. And and it's very unprecedented. And it's another thing that's just uh, another weird – example of what 2020 has given us so far 2020 is going to go down as the craziest year ever not only outside of sports but in sports as well it's going to be wild and so i yeah I, that was just something that caught my eye Gless, and i figured you had a unique perspective so i wanted to get your opinion and your thoughts on it i i will say just from an outside perspective it doesn't look promising that there's going to be football in the state of virginia in this year at the high school level at least at least at least before spring i mean if yep. they're if they're planning on doing that it, if it's gonna be anything, I think it would be spring. i don't I don't yeah. foresee it happening in the fall or winter.
0: yeah,' it'll, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think there's still a lot of ifs, ands and buts. Um, but again, a lot a lot can happen from now until August first. And even there's other proposals, even if you started late August, you know, do you play only conference games? is the the season shortened to six or seven games? at least at least you have a whole, you know at least you have a season. Uh, instead of holding it off till April, which would be a complete di- scheduling disaster when you talk yeah. about kids that want to play other sports.
1: There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. online your online wagering experts. Switching from the state of Virginia to the state of Illinois, where the I, I believe the next biggest news of the week came from is dual threat quarterback and athlete Sam Jackson has flipped his commit from Minnesota to Purdue. He's a four-star athlete according to 24-7 Sports, but Purdue has committed to him that he will play quarterback at the university he will play quarterback they're not going to play him anywhere else he's 5'11 170 pounds so he's kind of a smaller frame he's not necessarily the biggest guy but he's one of the biggest recruits in the country and this is a huge huge commitment for Jeff Brom and Purdue and it's a nice commitment because they're able to flip him
0: from a fellow Big Ten opponent Gless what are your thoughts on Sam Jackson yeah, Sam Jackson's film is fun to watch, man. He's he's a little bit undersized from a weight perspective, so I'm sure when they get him, get him in West Lafayette, that they'll add some some good good weight to his frame. He's only 170 pounds, but man, he's such a dynamic athlete. He remind you know, it reminds me it reminds me of Johnny Football. When you look at his yeah. film, he's just kind of running around, just kind of making plays, and he's by far the best athlete on the field. It's not even close. And he's making plays with his legs. He's extending plays. He's finding open guys. So he's one to keep an eye on. What's interesting about that is P.J. Fleck had him committed to Minnesota, and Fleck is a really great recruiter, mm-hmm. a lot of energy, and not only does he lose him, but he loses him to another uh, Big Ten opponent, which is, which is a huge blow for Minnesota.
1: It's a big pickup for Braum, especially in a year where you know Braum obviously was a a highly coveted guy. There was rumors that he might leave Purdue for Louisville, which was his alma mater, and he ended up staying at Purdue and and got a nice contract extension after his really good year at Purdue. And then they had a kind of a so 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 so, so year last year. So this is a big year for him. It it'll be a nice bounce back year and two. To continue to recruit well, I think, is a testament to the kind of Coach Brahm is and I think to the kind of future he has at Purdue. So if you're a Boilermaker today, you've got to be extremely excited to see this. Kind of switching gears and moving a little bit further down south. To me, I saw this transfer and I got really excited because I started salivating thinking what this kid can do in a Mike Leach offense. If you didn't see, Terrell Shavers announced that he's grad transferring from Alabama to Mississippi State. Anytime someone from Alabama transfers anywhere else, it's a big deal. You might not know his name. He might not be a, a highly touted transfer prospect, but coming in, this guy was the 12th best wide receiver in the country when he committed to Alabama. He was a top 100 recruit. Let's listen to this. As a This guy's a receiver. He's 6'6", 216, and he runs a 438. He's that is freak. Yeah. That is ridiculous, and people are going to say, "Well, you know, he obviously he didn't he couldn't crack the lineup in Alabama. What makes you think he's going to be successful anywhere else?" Well, listen, he had to sit behind guys like Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. Like all those guys are first round picks. You, yeah, it, it's it's not an easy lineup to crack. Yeah, this guy might have all the physical tools, but if he was a developmental guy. You're just not going to crack that lineup. Those guys were ready to play from day one. It's just tough. And now you get to go to a program at Mississippi State that has a quarterback who's got a big arm. And KJ Costello, who... By the way, Mike Leach is killing the grad transfer game this year. KJ Costello, now Terrell Shavers? Like, are you kidding me? He's got two guys he can plug in instantly and and start running that potent offense that we were used to seeing at Texas tech and Washington state that Mike Leach produces. He's absolutely hit the ground running at Mississippi state. And I love what he's doing, but I think Terrell shavers is such a huge get for him because now you have, you you're giving KJ Costello a freak to just, to just go out there and go, go hey go run and get it, go up there and get it. And I don't know if there's anybody if this guy's for real, who can who can run with a guy who's 6'6, six, six, two, six, two, and who runs a 438? There's not many guys who can do that in the country. I think if Mike Leach has got to be absolutely excited and he's also got to be excited because he got the top JUCO linebacker in the country as well this week, a Strong from Mississippi Gulf Coast. He was the number one recruit or number one linebacker in all of junior college football and he also committed. Now, Gless, I I want you to talk about what Mike Leach is doing in Starkville, and how promising is it that he's able, he's been able to get these grad transfers and these transfers and he's already started building up the program down there that he's hit the ground running. Are you surprised about that, or is this
0: kind of what you expected? I'm a little bit surprised, but his methodology is interesting. Now, Mike Leach has really never been in a place that has a lot of money, right? You think about Texas Tech. You think about Washington State. Really, you don't have... Big recruiting budgets, Mm -hmm. um, certainly not the SEC. So what I think is interesting about it is I think he's taking the philosophy, man, I've got to get the best dudes in here now. I got to start getting some momentum in this program so I can go out and start to get four- and five-star recruits and and put Mississippi State on the map as far as a team to be dealt with in the SEC. So I think that's kind of his methodology now. He hasn't had the time to really build relationships with, with kids in their houses in Texas and Louisiana and Mississippi and Alabama. He hasn't had the chance to really do that yet as, he, as being a new coach. So I think what he's trying to do is really get the best guys that he possibly can and win right away. Because in the SEC, that's the name of the game, man. It's not Washington State. It's not Texas Tech where you can, you know, win six, seven games a year and, and get by for five or six years. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. show big results and getting guys you know, like a Terrell shavers and Vontae Strong in there early means that you got you get guys that can play right away. You can plug in, and then they're going to be SEC athletes. So I think that's that's really what screams to me is mm-hmm. Mike Leach knows that this is a completely different animal than what it was at Washington State and Texas Tech.
1: The thing I'm really excited about, and I'm most excited about, with Mike Leach being at Mississippi State, and I've always said this, I've always said this dating back to his time at Texas Tech and then even more at Washington when I saw what I saw what he was able to do at Washington State. He's always been able to do more with less because he's a coaching genius. He's a X's and O's genius. And now you're actually getting talent down there in the SEC. He's gonna be able to be a mad scientist with SEC football players. I think this was a beautiful hire by Mississippi State because Mississippi State isn't an SEC powerhouse. They're in Starkville. It's a very, very tough place to convince people to come play. There's not a lot of stuff to do there. There's not a lot of selling points. But you're still getting, like you said, at the end of the day, you're still getting SEC caliber talent out there. I think with Mike Leach and I think with Lane Kiffin and Oxford there at Ole Miss, the Egg Bowl is going to be one of the best rivalry games to watch for the next couple years. I think it's just going to be a fun time to be a, a state of Mississippi football fan.
0: Yeah, that, it, that's going to be must-watch TV for me every single year. Well, I think the other thing that makes it genius, and like you said, Kenny, Mississippi State's really in kind of a rock and a hard place when you look at the SEC schools because there really isn't a lot of selling points. I think they've been just kind of a mediocre program for that entire lifespan. They've had some nice years here and there. Dan Mellon did a nice job there as well. But I think what Mike Leach brings the Mike Leach brand Right, mm-hmm. that, that is a selling point. And, you know, again, he's never been able to recruit extremely well because he's been at places that really are extremely hard to recruit, and this is this is no different. So I think what you're going to see is him be able to convince a lot of these grad transfers and JUCO guys to come in there so that they can be successful early, um, like I said a little bit earlier. And I mean, the Mike Leach brand is strong. I mean, there's nobody more that I want to watch a pregame or a postgame press conference than Mike Leach. And I think secretly, I don't know this for sure, but I bet a lot of his players love him. I really do. I know he oh, had that yeah. snafu at Texas Tech with the James kid, but I bet his players really like him a lot. So I think he's a he's a good enough selling point to get a lot of really good athletes there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think he does. he's going to be able to sell his brand, and he is a national brand at this point. There's You'd be yeah. hard-pressed to find anybody in the four corners of the United States who doesn't know the name Mike Leach. So Mississippi State fans, Things are looking up. Things are looking great. And another team that had a really good week this week in recruiting is Oklahoma State. They locked down three three three-star players and a four-star. They locked down two wide receivers, Bryson Green, a four-star wide receiver out of Texas. Then they also locked down Blaine Green, who is Bryson Green's brother. And they're both out of Allen, Texas. They locked down an athlete in Cam Smith out of Denton, Texas. I'm sorry, Braswell, Texas. And then they locked down an offensive tackle at a Jinx, Oklahoma, in Logan Nobles. So a very, very strong week for Oklahoma State. And, Gless, I'm really excited to see Oklahoma State this year because they have, A, 10 returning starters on defense. They have seven returning starters on offense. They have what could be the top quarterback in the Big 12 not named Spencer Rattler if Spencer Rattler pans out like we all think he's going to they have the best running back in the Big 12 in Chuba Hubbard and they have what possibly could be the best receiver in the Big 12 in Tylan Wallace who's obviously he's coming off of a knee injury so we'll see how if he comes back or not but him and Dylan Stoner and Jelani Woods are some of the best wide receivers in that conference i'm expecting big things from oklahoma state this year and i i think that the big 12 is going to be wide open because oklahoma their older brother is losing a ton of talent this year
0: yeah a ton of talent i mean oklahoma state has always been competitive and kind of year in and year out You can kind of pencil in for seven and eight wins like this obviously you would love to see that consistency on the the defensive side of the ball Because the Big 12, that's all they do is score a ton of points. So the more Mm -hmm. that you can kind of keep defensive starters in there and build a cohesive unit, um, you know, the better you're going to be. And, you know, you can't say enough about Joe Hubbard. I mean – arguably the, the the best running back coming back this year with Travis Etienne so uh, uh, looking up for Oklahoma State Oklahoma State similar to Mississippi State never really brings in a lot of three or a lot of four-star recruits so for them to get one of those this week and you can see it's 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 two receivers and a and, and an athlete Mike Gundy really looking to fill up and and refill the cupboard I guess you could say with with athletic mm-hmm. talent there on the outside.
1: Yeah, it should be good. The Big 12 is going to be wide open this year. Obviously, Oklahoma is the favorite. You know, they've had great recruiting class after great recruiting class and they've been a playoff contender the last couple of years. So, no reason to think that that won't change, but there's definitely going to be some added competition with Oklahoma State this year. The 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 Bedlam rivalry is going to be very fun to watch this year. That's for sure. Definitely. Kind of switching over to some news that I don't think is necessarily A shocker. J.D. Spielman has entered the transfer portal. And for those who don't know J.D. Spielman, J.D. Spielman has been one of the best receivers at Nebraska the last three years. Now, this guy's not necessarily a superstar. He's 5'9", 180. He's a great slot receiver. If you look at his three years at Nebraska, 2017, 2018, and 2019, He was very, very consistent. He had years where he had 55, 66, and 49 receptions, and then he had 830, 818, and 898 yards receiving and a handful of touchdowns every year. So while I don't think he's a game changer, he's definitely very consistent, and he's proven he can play at a high level, and he's definitely going to make a nice transfer for somebody who picks him up. Obviously, he had been out of the program since early spring, so this is not necessarily a surprise that he officially announced He's entered the transfer portal and will, will end up playing somewhere else. But what that did in the ripple effect, unless it cost Virginia Tech their top recruit. Again, this is the third decommitment for Virginia Tech. They've now lost their top three original commitments in the 2021 class. So Latrell Neville was a three-star wide receiver out of Texas for Virginia Tech. And he just decommitted pretty much as soon as J.D. Spielman announced he was transferring from Nebraska. And surprise, surprise, where does it look like Nitrell Neville's going to commit to? Nebraska. So, very interesting there, but it sparks a bigger conversation. And we've kind of briefly gone over it, but Gless, now that Pastel's not here, and we can be a little bit more objective. Because if anybody doesn't know, Virginia Tech is his favorite team. And he gets a little butt hurt when we point out their deficiencies. They've lost four star quarterback Demetrius Davis who decommitted and was a top recruit for them for the 2021 class. He decommitted and committed to Auburn. They also lost four-star linebacker Aaron Willis last year, who had originally committed to tech and he's now committed and signed or is going to sign with Tennessee. And of course, we just talked about Latrell Neville who was a three-star wide receiver and was their third highest commit in the program behind those other two who i just mentioned and he's leaving to go to nebraska he's just decommitted this is becoming a problem man i mean if you're a virginia tech fan you've got to be concerned about this
0: yeah you definitely have to be concerned i think you know winning cures everything so it'll be uh, i mean be keeping really strong eyes on the virginia tech program this fall because i think a lot of this stuff can turn when you start winning now when when they got blown out of home against Duke, I thought Fuente's <laughs> seat was on fire. I thought he'd be chased out of Blacksburg that night, but he ended up rallying the troops and getting together a nice nice season. I mean, there's no doubt to be concerned. Now, there's a long way to go, and commitments flip all the time, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if we get into the 2020 season, and Virginia Tech has a really good year. I wonder if some of these happen. And the other thing about Demetrius Davis is that Auburn actually signed another grad transfer quarterback that they added in this week. So I wonder if some of that doesn't weigh on him a little bit as far as Eh, do I really want to go to a place where they're just constantly feeding in grad transfers at quarterbacks? So i I see is that one could possibly flip. I mean, no doubt if you're a tech fan, you absolutely have to be concerned Mm -hmm. just because the recruiting trail has not been nice to them here the last month. But again, it's it's still a long way to go. I know we teach that every week, but anything can happen when it comes to September, October, November. And then once we get to signing day in December. I
1: guess the good news is there's a couple of crystal ball predictions on 24-7 that have Virginia Tech as the top candidate for a couple of three, and I think I saw a four-star prospect in there as well. What would concern me about this is you've lost your top three commits in the 2021 recruiting class. They're gone. And then you lost all these transfers, like Hazleton, one of their best wide receivers last year. He didn't even graduate. I think he just transferred out of the program completely. So that's what concerns me is the, the amount of just – people fleeing the ship. You combine that with their dead last finish in ACC recruiting last year, and then you combine that, and Gless, you and I talked about this the other day, and which which made me think of this is they've lost their stranglehold on the 757. What arguably made Tech great and what made Frank Beamer such an elite coach was he was able to recruit the best talent out of the 757, out of Virginia Beach, which is probably one of the top six or seven places to recruit out of in the entire country. And they've lost it. They've lost it. Penn state owns. I don't know if you know this. Penn state owns the seven, five, seven now, which isn't a surprise because look, now look at Penn state. Penn state takes over the seven, five, seven and they've become one of the best programs in the country.
0: I mean no doubt. I mean if you want to win the keys in Virginia you you gotta recruit the seven five seven well and that's to your point what Beamer what Beamer did for years. It's what Bud Foster has been able to do. But again, this isn't this isn't Virginia Tech that we're used to anymore, man. I mean Bud Foster's gone, Frank Beamer's gone, those big stars that we remember growing up and, and in high school and even in college with they, they had really good teams I think Virginia Tech is lacking a lot of star power and sometimes it's just hard to recruit when you just don't have a lot of momentum on the field. And on top of that, you're not doing a very good job at recruiting the seven five seven. Now, to be fair, they lost the seven five seven years ago when Mike London and UVA was going in there and stealing a lot of really great recruits and a lot of national programs. Alabama, to your point, Penn State recruits that area very, very well now. I mean, it's concerning. I mean there <laughs> there's no doubt about it. I know that they've reached down in North Carolina. I know that they've recruited Western Virginia really well. It's just one of those programs that I, just, I don't really know what else to say other than, well, you, you better start winning because I don't know <laughs> how else you're going to get the seven-five-seven back. So, back. To quote my good friend and my co-host,
1: Brandon Glessner, Virginia Tech stinks, Coach. They stink right now, Coach. Stinks. (laughs) Well, enough burying Virginia Tech. I'm sure we're going to get flooded with text messages from all our Virginia Tech friends here tomorrow when this episode drops. So switching gears over to the FCS for our FCS update. Just a couple things that caught my eye this week. Uh, Montana signed a three-star athlete, Jace Kluswich, who had an FBS offer from Air Force and I really like the makeup of this kid. I like this film. It's a really good get for Montana and the Grizz who are trying to make their way back to the top of the FCS. And they've done, they've made some big strides the last couple of years and, and their recruiting's been picking up. So I'm excited to see more competition for programs like North Dakota State and JMU. And if Montana can get back to the powerhouse they were in the early 2000s, that would be a nice a nice thing for the FCS and parody in the FCS. And what the other school that really caught my eye was Harvard. Glass, I've always maintained that I wish Harvard and the Ivy League schools could participate. I mean, it's kind of cool that they have their own unique like conference and they have their own kind of Ivy League National Championship type thing and it's very prestigious. But I always wish the top Ivy League team would be able to get to play in the in the FCS playoffs because I think they would do well. I mean, listen to this Harvard signed two three star recruits this year and they're always at the top of the recruiting Recruiting for the FCS uh, Harvard is—they signed an offensive guard, Austin Gentle, who had twenty offers from FBS and FCS schools, and some of those FBS schools were Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Louisville, NC State, and Memphis. And then they signed a defensive end named Jacob Syke, who had FBS offers from all three service academies and Central Michigan University. So they're out there signing guys who have major FBS offers. Again, I love watching Ivy League football. I know it's kind of a nerd thing to say, but it, I love it. I think it's fantastic. I love the game. Harvard versus Yale is on my bucket list to go see in person. It's a really neat uh, rivalry game. It, it caught my eye, glass. I, I I think Harvard and Ivy League could compete with some of these FCS schools if they were allowed in the playoffs. Or I guess they're they're allowed. They just choose not to go. I wish they would. Yeah, admit, I, I wish they would I, amend that.
0: Yeah. No. I. I agree with you. I'd, I'd love to see what they could do against some of the big FCS schools in a, in a playoff format. Um, it is unfortunate. But it also doesn't surprise me that Harvard recruits well, though, right? I mean, you're talking about the most prestigious academic institution in the country. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a kid who's just slightly undersized but is extremely smart and he's got offers from like, you know, other FCS schools or even very lower end FBS schools like, you know, Marshall or akron or you know why wouldn't you go to harvard why wouldn't you do that so i think they're able to get a lot of fringe kids uh over there which is why they've been so successful in the ivy league
1: yeah yeah they're they're pretty much the team to beat year in and year out them yale and i think dartmouth are kind of the three that i normally see at the top of the the ivy league most years Switching gears to the G5 top five, just want to go over this real quick. Nothing much has really changed from last week. Cincinnati, still the number one G5 program, ranked 25th in the country uh, in terms of their 2021 recruiting class. SMU's ranked 32nd. Toledo's ranked 38th. Colorado State and new head coach Steve Adazio coming in at number 47. And Miami, Ohio. Coming in at 49. I just want to touch on Colorado State just for a quick, quick second. Just for a hot second. I like the hire of Steve Adazio out there. I think he did okay at Boston College. Obviously, he kind of wore out his welcome with a bunch of six, seven win seasons and didn't really set the world on fire. But I think he's a good fit out in Colorado. I think he's going to bring a physicality to that team for, that the Mountain West hasn't seen in a while. And I think they're going to really, really – be a team to reckon with here in the next two or three years. And they've got a cool new stadium. They've got some funding out there. They've got decent booster support. And I think Steve Adasio is the right guy to take them to the next level. Just my two cents. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there real quick, since we don't really talk a lot about the Rams too often and staying with recruiting class rankings, just a quick overview of the top 10 right now. Uh, overall, Ohio state still your number one class again. I don't think that's going to change. The rest of the year, I think they've pretty much wrapped up the number one class in the entire country. I think the only team that might be able to give them a run for their money could be Georgia, but Georgia's got to start locking down some five-star recruits pretty soon. Number two is Clemson. Number three is Tennessee. Number four is USC. Number five is University of North Carolina. Number six is Michigan. Number seven is Florida. Number eight's LSU. Number nine is Iowa. And number 10 is Oregon. And that wraps up the top 10 overall. Not much has changed from last week other than Iowa dropping or coming into the top 10 and Minnesota dropping out. There's your recap for the top 10. Plus, you know what I realized the other day? Father's day is right around the corner and Todd from deep cuts. Vinyl has you covered. Does your dad like college or pro sports? If so, deep cuts, vinyl is the place for you for all your sticker needs. Todd has tons of school logos and pro logos to create these stickers, put them on your car, cooler, laptop, or really anything you decorate, if you don't see what you're looking for, you can contact Todd on his website at deepcutsvinylnj.storeenvy.com, and he will hook you up. You can probably also reach out on his Facebook page as well. Also, on a personal note, I've seen Todd put together some awesome work, Gless. As you know, I'm in a, a Discord for another podcast I follow called the College Football Bros. And we adopted Coastal Carolina as our G5 team, like for the whole Discord to root for. And so everybody's looking at Coastal Carolina merch, and he put some together. And it is absolutely phenomenal It's really top-notch stuff i i would recommend this store to anybody who's looking for stickers or apparel like t-shirts and stuff he does some really cool custom work as well so make sure you inquire about that if you just whatever it might be whatever you're looking for inquire about todd i'm sure he can do it and as an added bonus if you use the promo code prospects 20 you get 20% off your purchase. So don't be a turd and hook your dad up with some cool stickers and some custom merch. Again, at com.
0: Yeah, the other thing too, we'll have the link in the description for the pod. So I know that, that that we just said the URL, but if you're interested, please take a look. Again, like Kenny said, Todd does fantastic work. We'll have the link in the pod, You know, whatever you're looking at. If it's Spotify or Apple Apple Podcast, that link yeah. will be there.
1: Well, that wraps up today's show, guys. It was a great week for recruiting. A lot of big news. A lot of a lot of shifting going on. And, again, the recruiting weeks have just been so crazy this year with everything that are going on. So it's really fun to be able to digest the biggest news each Friday with you guys on Recruiting Roundup. As a reminder, you can follow and interact with the show on social media at Prospects101Pod and Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram – we're always posting throughout the week. And please, if you have any questions or any ideas or anything that you want to see us cover that we haven't covered or that we're not covering, please let us know. We always love hearing from our fans, and we always love covering different topics every week. Listen to us on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. I Google Play, you name it, we're on it. I promise you, we're on it. Subscribe and stay to date with all our episodes. Lots of great interviews upcoming. Lots of more great content coming down the pike. And make sure to give us a five-star review as well. That really helps us a lot. And we really appreciate you guys spreading the word. So with that, my name's Kenny Keller. And for Brandon Glesner, have a great day.